Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Rurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Bridget Bengal Gaspar. Bridget is a licensed clinical social worker and the author of The Final Eighth. She founded the New York Voice Dialogue Institute. She is a former performer who earned a master's degree from Columbia University and teaches at numerous professional settings, including Omega Institute. She lives in New York City where she maintains a thriving private practice. Bridget, welcome to the Get Up Nation show. Hi, Ben, it's wonderful to be here. I'm so happy that you had set aside some time here today to talk with me and my audience. You have so much to offer and I can't wait to really talk about your book. My understanding is you have um, a a release party tonight. I do. (laughs) It's virtual, it's free, and you have to RSVP. But yeah, it's tonight that it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk about it. It's called The Final Eighth, Enlist Your Inner Selves to Accomplish Your Goals. Now, this is very interesting. As I did the research on the book and the things that you're doing to help people, you talk about how people sometimes become stuck and and misery is amplified. We put in a ton of work and we're closing in on something that we have been dreaming of. And then sometimes something stops us and we don't finish. And so let's talk a little bit about your book and leading us to this day where you're releasing it. Basically, I wrote the book I needed, right? So many of us do. So I consider myself a wounded healer. This is an issue I struggled with over and over, and, but I couldn't define it. So long time ago, when I was a performer in New York City, I was looking for some creative tools and techniques. But as you know, you never know where you're going to find the thing that changes your life. And what happened was I was reading this extraordinary book by John Bradshaw, Healing the Shame That Binds You. I don't know if you know it, but if your listeners don't know it, it's, it's a classic. It's probably 40 years old at this point because I was struggling on many different levels. And in that book was a description of voice dialogue. And it's this wonderful technique where you dialogue with different parts of yourself and you don't try to change their minds. And it just inflamed me even reading about this. So I hunted down Hal and Sidra Stone, and they're both psychologists who developed this, and hunted down in those days meant, what's their 1-800 number? (laughs) And they became my mentors. And what happened was, as a performer wanting to access different energies, that just made total sense. I just loved it. But as I started getting voice dialogue facilitations myself, and then started training and learning how to teach other people to do it, and really getting tutelage from Hal and Sidra Stone, I was blown away by the healing power. I And so quickly, because talk about resilience, the more parts of yourself you can have access to, your superpowers just expand. And all superpowers are not 
powering through. You got to have some of those, but some of your superpowers like have to understand, don't just do something, sit there. You know, it turns everything on your head. So that's how I, I basically left performing, went to Columbia to get my degree in social work, get a master's so I could be a psychotherapist and bring in a ton of clinical training along with all this creative work I have done and continue to do. And so now I'm full circle where I can access all of this. But I was in private practice and suddenly the term came up whole because I would see it in people in creative industries, but also lawyers and bankers. I knew they had worked hard. I knew they were talented, dedicated people. And suddenly they were stalled and it was a mystery. Like if it makes sense, you just deal with the issue and you either give up the goal or you get the goal. Maybe you don't really want it. And then in my practice, you're allowed to say that and you get to explore why you can just drop the goal. And there it was, the final eighth, literally failing inside of victory. And I thought, wow, I've done that myself. And so this book is a culmination of lots of work over my lifetime, but it really uses the tool of voice dialogue and lets the reader step-by-step know how to do it themselves. That's excellent. So that is the thing is we often take our experience for granted. We often see ourselves through a lens or a perspective that doesn't fully involve an awareness of all the different aspects of ourselves. We will frequently limit ourselves or only interact with ourselves in a way that may not be the most healthy. So from your perspective, will you take us through generally how, you know, some, an exercise or two, or what we can do to open ourselves up to the fullness of who we are? Oh, I love how you, because that's exactly right. It's an introduction to the fullness of who you are and how liberating and energizing is that just that concept, like, wait, there's more of me than I think I, I am. So one of the exercises, which I, recommend for everyone is go through your day and just like a bullet point, just jot down what self in you do you feel? So you start to get a sense that, wow, I'm much more than I think I am. And this is about mental health. It's not about some type of mental illness. We are, our personality is healthy when we have different aspects of ourselves. So an exercise that your listeners may really benefit from is just Going through your day, and you can put it on your iPhone or like a little notepad. It does not have to take a lot of time. And notice the varying parts that are operating throughout your day. And I like to say, do a work day and a day off day because different parts of ourselves operate in different environments. And a self can be a self you feel, but you don't express. So maybe a part of me feels like telling off my boss, and I know that self is there, but I make the good decision to not act out which that would be another self. What self helped me calm down enough to, to deal diplomatically because it's better for me in the longer term? So that's one exercise. Literally just list them. You can like them. You can not like them. It doesn't matter. List who's there. And that starts to open up your whole perspective. And then I have exercises in the book where you can then figure out what's the gift of this self. Also, what's the sting? Because every self in too much percentage has a sting, but all of them have wisdom because in voice dialogue, we say that 100% of yourselves are there to protect your vulnerability somehow. Mm -hmm. And their weapons might be a little distorted, outdated, or cruel. And those weapons have to be put down. Self-injury is not okay. Mm -hmm. However, perhaps the message is vital 
And often in terms of stalling in front of your finish line, it's because you don't have access to the parts you need. You're at your end. You need to cultivate different parts and get different superpowers that these cells can now help you cross that finish line. Partly because I think people, there's a lot of potential danger in succeeding. So I have a whole chapter devoted to practicing safe success. How are you going to handle it when you get a whole bunch of yeses from the universe? And those circumstances can change in an instant. And so for to enable, to ensure that we have the tools to accept it, that can give you much more confidence in saying, well, I do have this the skills and talents and the resources to allow myself to have that success. And so in, instead of, you know, being frightened or getting there or getting a taste of it and then drawing back because we don't think we're ready. Would you agree? Exactly. So let's say uh, that part, even you just drew back, all of our parts are physical, right? So the parts, when we say voice dialogue, it's much more than the words. So you start to pay attention to the energetics and the physiology and a drawback self. Of course, is a wonderful self. When needed, you want the drawback self. So that self might be a warning, like be careful. Maybe you have other parts. If you go to too many parties or you get too tired, you might overdrink. So usually there's, or some other negative habit that's going to make you stall in, in, because you're not at your best. So you want to be able to protect yourself because that's the wisdom. The self is saying, be careful. Don't get so excited by the euphoria of this amazing new thing. Enjoy the euphoria, but don't think it's the whole picture. And so that's exactly right. And also because it's a success issue, there's no place in society to really have a lot of respect for that as a problem. Tell that to certain friends and they'll say, oh, let me get the violin, right? You will not have a serious place to say, actually, I'm really scared. I Or people have to deal with envy. One of the secrets about envy, because we all know that feeling, and it's a terrible feeling to envy someone, but the secret is it's also terrible to be envied. It's not a comfortable state either way. And I have a whole exercise in my book, how to handle envy, because the truth is you get bigger and more yourself. You're going to inspire people to do better themselves, but you're also going to inspire envy. And for some people where envy really is a terrifying situation, I've got great skills because we don't talk about those enough. That's what I love about the book is you really get into, you know, concepts that are not commonly discussed or incorporated into kind of how we communicate with each other or what we experience. And you take us to a whole new level where, where you, you know, you challenge us to, in a healthy way, to learn how to navigate difficult things and and to get across that finish line. And what I really like is as I focus on resilience is adversity is, is always something that occurs and then it requires a response from us. What do we do with that? And yeah. so always looking for ways where I can help people or do it myself or get something from that adversity. Like you talked about, you feel that sense of envy towards someone, but how can that become a positive? What is the positive core in that? And then how can I you know, protect myself and them from the negative effects of that and be made better by it, you know, and that that can be basically anything, you know, any experience or adversity that we're feeling. And how can we transform those things into a healthy kind of safe, like you were saying, a safe success that, that really builds everybody up in the process, helps us overcome challenges and doesn't isolate us or 
you know, it more empowers us to be fully what we are, to experience life to the fullest and, and to be able to grow, to be able to accomplish things and to have that satisfaction that, that we're looking for and that we get, that often troubles us. Yes. Yes. If you, you would do a little bit with me, like, yeah. what might you think? What are a few good things about envy? Literally gifts of envy. When we experience envy, we see something that we are wanting. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> so then a, n- a number of emotions kind of follow that or, or thoughts follow that. Like, you know, am I not good enough for that? Or that person is more special than me somehow. They deserve it or they don't deserve it. Why do they get, you know, right. you, you can have any number of like emotions that, but the core, don't you agree, is that we're hungering for something more. Yes. And a couple more things that's a hunt. I, I couldn't agree more. So a few things. One, often when you're looking at someone you envy, they've given themselves permission in an arena you have not. Yeah. So they're saying, well, I'm, you know, especially if you think they don't deserve it, but they think they do. So where are you trapping yourself in a core negative belief? So sometimes it's simply the permission. You think it's the X or Y, Z concrete thing, and it might be, but often what if you dig deep, it's like, they just let them, then what? They just have an idea, they go for it, and then it happens? And you're <laughs> like, yeah, why don't you try that? Just yeah. see what happens. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing is self-care. Envy hurts. It hurts. It's painful. And so sometimes it's like, and be gentle with yourself. It's a painful state. Don't run away from it. But it doesn't mean you have to stay in agony and remind yourself, like not all of your inner selves are warm and fuzzy buddies, but some of them are your uncanny allies that are sharp, but you want their wisdom, but don't ask them to be the teddy bear that you you know, roll around and cuddle with. They're not, and they're never going to be that, but they are going to be your canny advisors, your like, you know, your antenna of what's out there that of opportunities you can take advantage of if you listen. And real briefly with the concept of the envy, I was like, when you were talking, it was like, well, yeah, that's person that we may have animosity for, we kind of view as an enemy of some kind. But then when we realize that they've accepted something that maybe we want, they actually become not an enemy, but actually a partner, or they become somebody, you know, and I've seen that as people interact, you know, as we seek out mentors, or we seek out, you know, personal development in some category or field, you know, it's always, can you reach out to a mentor in that interaction, then kind of breaks down our barriers to say, you get more comfortable or familiar with the process of how it can be accepted. And then you're confronted with maybe parts of yourself that's, that you've been giving yourself a barrier to, but it leads to more connection. And so, and that's what I, so much of what we talk about here is, you know, the separation, the barriers and the boundaries that, that we have in our society today, where we often see negative in other people or, or just don't really connect with people at a real genuine level or have a respect for other groups of people. If they're different from us, then there's a lot of like negative communication and blaming and things like that. So to break this down, for you to give us this gift, it's a unifying force it invests in the health of ourselves, but also others and builds bonds and bridges that we may not have done without reading your book. Thank you for that. I agree. And, and, and you said it's like, it, it makes us part of a whole. And during this really unsettling time of COVID and unrest and, and so much uncertainty and, and illness that everyone's doubling down on their defensive selves of why they're right 
And it's like, okay, if we're going to do voice dialogue with a why I'm right self, we can. But what about the other side? And in my book, I talk about, it's all about vulnerability. And the definition of vulnerability is openness to attack, mm-hmm. right? But in fact, if we take it at a stem cell, it's openness. And mm-hmm. that's where I live with vulnerability. And that takes so much strength. And this idea, diversity in nature makes nature stronger. How could that not be true then with humans? We are all part of nature. And there's this denial of diversity as as an incredibly empowering and wonderful gift. And I think voice dialogue helps you because you realize, wow, I have this diversity within. So let me have more strength to tolerate, if not truly enjoy and want diversity without. Wow. That's great. Can we share some of the common challenges that people, when, they, when they're facing that or closing in on the finish line, what are some of the common challenges that you see that you help people deal with to get past it and to get through that? Yeah. Well, examples abound, right? Of that last five pounds you don't lose or that amazing business idea. And you've got lots of parts in place and you never finish the business plan. So you don't get the funding. Or being ready for your life partner and you're dating productively, but every time it gets intimate, you cut it off. Mm. It's, it's, and these often come up over and over. So what also happens is you realize you do it in different arenas or here you are again, once again. And again, this has to do with permission. You're allowed to do seven eighths of the work. You can be a contender, but you have parts of you that are very scared of being victorious. Mm. Some people have conflicting relationships with their assets. And I talk about that. So, and I'd love to hear if we'll do a little gender stuff, if that's okay, because I, with a lot of women, and it's also always true with men, but maybe there's different ones with men. Even today, a lot of women that I work with have very, they're afraid of their competitive selves. They're afraid of their like, you know, drop the mic selves there. And they've been told they have a history. They're too much. If they're confident, they're told that's unattractive. It's like they've been cut off at the past for all these amazing assets. Wait a minute. Like their creativity. And it's like, that's dumb. You, That's a dumb way to think. So there's lots of detoxing, I like to say, that has to happen so you can have a clean relationship with your assets. And so That's what I think happens to a lot of people, including, say, getting physically fit fully, which means enjoying your vitality. Well, for many people, they don't have the skills to handle the extra attention they're going to get. So they come to me and it's they they think they're somehow a failure and a loser and their core negative belief is correct. And they think we're going to be doubling down on fitness plans. And then we just do voice dialogue and figure out what's going on underneath. And suddenly it's like the fitness plan That's just what's the pointer. And then it's like, okay, you are going to get more attention. We do deal with life on life's terms. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to practice safe success? What cells are you going to cultivate that can set a boundary? And that's also what's so exciting about the work. You get to focus on what's really going on and you, you open yourself up to the blind spots you have. And you're like, oh, it's not about doubling down. So many people are so hardworking and dedicated And they think it's a matter of doubling down. It's like, no, you can't possibly work harder. You are working so hard. That's not the issue. Mm -hmm. But that can also scare a lot of people because they have to go into arenas where they're not so confident. Right, right. Will you break down some of the selves? You talked about a few of them and some of their attributes. 
that people have. So like a lot of people have responsible selves, dedicated selves, hardworking selves in the sense, perfectionist selves. And some have just follower selves. Like they just assumed because it was told that they were going to follow into their family business. And so they just naturally went there, but maybe it's not actually their dream. It's so those, so then when it comes down to moving things forward, they have to meet other parts of themselves. And that could be the competitor, the visionary, the out of the box thinker going back a little bit, like what might be selves? Do you think that men would deal with more? Like I was saying how sometimes for women, it's their more hard charging selves, confident selves that they might have a, a ambivalent relationship with. Are the, is there that with men where there's like some selves that are less welcomed in the world, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm sure you see this in your practice, you know, as you serve serve people that, you know, a lot of times men, especially in like type A career fields or, or things like that, where they can't show emotion, that to be vulnerable is to be weak, you know, lessons of I can't actually share any of my suffering or share any of my emotions because that makes me appear weak and I can't have other people see me that way. And then it becomes a very destructive. You talk about the protector, the protecting, or I have to provide, or I have to be, I have to have enough resources so that people don't leave me or that I'm respected or or things like that, or I'm worthless if I don't make a hundred K, you know, or, or things like that. I guess those would be things that I would think would commonly be that men are carrying. I agree. And I absolutely see that in my practice. And that is isolating. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not sure of it, all of these pressures. And it's a great relief to find out strength comes in many forms. Yeah. And it's, that's exactly right. And often people, that's where they then become injured or get a diagnosis. Both sides, Mm -hmm. they're stuck. And because of course, if you can't express it expresses somewhere, your angry self, your depressed parts, and some of the things I like to do with depressed selves, for example, either gender, I'm now I'm pulling this out for everybody and all genders, that they believe your core negative beliefs. Now, core negative beliefs are terribly painful. And I happen to believe there's only one or two and everything fits into them. And they're horrible. I'm unlovable. I'm worthless. I mean, you mentioned some. And so I always like to say, however it is those selves believe that, That's what they were told. Somehow they were made to believe it. And that's a fact. But what is false is that it's true. It's always been false. It has never, never, never been true. You're worthless. But it is true. You believed it. And it may be very true that you were told it directly. However, I always like to say then depression makes sense. If indeed life's you're worthless and life doesn't work out, why shouldn't you be depressed that or anxious? Because either you're a fool for trying and those are your anxious selves like, but it's not going to work out. So I'm a, it's just not going to work out. B, I'm a fool. I look like a fool because if the truth is it doesn't work out, then why am I even bothering? Then the why bother selves are accurate if it's true. And then it's so liberating when you realize, nice. and this is what happens in part of the final eighth process. And it's in my book. You're like, Oh, it's not true. And often that's where grief work comes in. It's true you made decisions that have had consequences that were based as if it were true. So you like, you didn't take advantage of an opportunity because you thought you were worthless, for example. And you have to grieve that because it is sad. But this book really helps people say, I think, say, okay, but now what? And how great there's a now what? I don't, 
I'm free of that. I'm always going to be a little tender there. And that's okay. That goes back to being vulnerable. It's okay to be tender about this. However, it's not going to define my life anymore. And to me, that is transformation and liberation. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the present moment awareness of, of that, of saying, you know, the past, the past has happened. It's this is now and the future's not here yet. And this is now. And so looking at that, that opportunity of, of, okay, what self, like you were saying with the exercise, what self is here now? What's good. What's good with it. What it, you know, to do that evaluation, that self-reflection, that, that introspection, and then to get to a point where if you're ever in a state where you feel that life is boring or not for living, you know, this explodes, this is, this sets off an, an explosion in that to say, life is for you. Get it. What, Let's get it. Like, let's, whatever's stopping you, dude, let's get it. <laughs> yes. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Tell me, tell me some of the, the responses. I guess the book is, the, the launch party is tonight, but have you had other people reading it so far? Or yes. Feedback or? Oh, yeah. No, people are loving it. And, and just actually saying many of the things you're saying, like the, the freedom of it. The other thing is there's a lot of fun to it. And I always like to say, don't misinterpret fun as superficial. So, uh-huh. for example, you just mentioned the board being bored. Yeah. Well, that is an antenna. I long ago when someone said bored, I'm like, something's going on. So in terms of that one, you you get to like be in your own life with a whole different lens. It's yeah. almost like you have the ability to be an astronaut looking down at your globe at the same time that you're on your globe. It just expands who you are. And so then I would say, well, let's go to your bored self and, you know, and let that bored self be bored out of its mind. And often cells are so bored, they can barely sit up. Right. And when I work with clients and they do it on their own in the old days, they'd actually come to the office right now. It's all zoom. The bored self may just not even be able to lift its arms. It's just flopping. Well, what happens is you start to get a sense of humor. Like that's a little bit funny. And when you laugh, genuinely not make light but when you're genuinely laughing that frees you up and so that's part of the response i'm getting it's just like how engaging it is and then that possibility that happens and that possibility breaks up the i don't know i call it the air or just like no life is status quo and that's it no and and just this feeling like what part of me says life is status quo? And let me find out because the book is, has tons of questions you can ask cells. Every self has a history. So maybe that self is actually distortedly loyal to some early caregiver who that self loves. Maybe grandpa went through a hard time and lived through some wars. And he's like, you know, it's, it's rough out there. And he's not wrong. But if that, and then that part of you may literally out of love for grandpa. That's the other thing is even though some of these core negative beliefs, they're painful, but the selves that carry them, sometimes it's really out of love. They just don't know. And then you upgrade them, not because they were dumb, but it's like, you know what? Grandpa did suffer, but, but we don't have to take, we can honor him, but we don't have to accept his view of the li- of life. Right. Right. And I, I like how you talk about making life an adventure. You talk about it in the book, you know, make, make life an adventure. Like, it's, it's a miracle that we're here that like in this moment, like if I just take, take 10 seconds to think of how awesome this moment is, 
for in my life and how I got here and how and how what you did and got you here and how we're communicating across the country via <laughs> and we're sharing these things and we're both you know able to have the health to have a conversation I used to work with dementia patients so even the things of, of you saying words that register in my brain and I'm able to understand them and we're actually connecting and then we're also able to share this with whoever wants to listen to it out there on the internet there's and it's just like this is a spectacular moment and if we can develop that sense of adventure that living is 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 an adventure your book gives people that that opportunity and it, it's transformative yes so great it's so true sometimes i tell people you're gonna have to grow some more receptors for all the gratitude and bliss Nice. Sorry, but it's enjoyable. Grow those receptors because just what you said, and I was like, I loved the moment that you painted, which includes all that came before. But here we are in the here and now. There's no words. A lot of what we're talking about, it's language. It's uh, is energetic. It's not a verbal language, but we're aiming for words because that's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool because, you know, the energy of, of experiencing this, this is what you're giving people. Your life has been in service of so many and you're giving this. And like I said, the receptor being open, you know, the energy comes, it's shared, it's, it's going out and it goes and it gets shared with other people. And just being a part of this wave and this energy is, is, it, it is a highlight that I always treasure. And I'm so happy that that you're you're putting this out there. You're helping people during the pandemic where we really have an opportunity for a lot more introspection, for a lot of personal development. And we're challenged with things that have been there in the past that we're used to in our routines and they've been taken away. So now we're confronted with, okay, what self is this? Because we're facing a pandemic. So what self is here dealing with this? And we would have never had to, or we would have never maybe asked the question unless that adversity came down the pipe. Exactly. And I like to say, you know, some selves whisper. And so I agree. Some it, people were wrenched from their office, their gym, their school, and they loved it. So again, I'm, I'm a pro-emotion person. So have your grief and sadness about that. However, because we are in more than out due to the pandemic and, and operating as safely as possible for ourselves and others with masks and all of that, now you have a chance to listen to the quieter selves. And maybe those selves were not so satisfied with the status quo. In other words, maybe this is the time to think about what do you want your new new to be? And, 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 and that that's going to help you, but everyone else. So yes, there's a lot of turbulence that's happening and you need to be able to ride with the turbulence. That's partly resilience, but maybe now, like you said, this adversity, it's like, well, that part of you that always thought, I want to do X, but then the other parts that were louder said, well, that's stupid, or that's a pipe dream, or anything to make you, to keep you safe, even those selves that I just mimicked, which, it, but it's very, it can cut you off at the pass, this kind of like, well, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. You can, you can go to that self and see what it's protecting you from, but maybe it's not so dumb. And besides, maybe now the opportunity is here. And maybe, you actually don't want to go back. And, and it's a type of freedom. Like maybe you don't want to work for that supervisor anymore who you never really quite respected, right. that kind of thing. And I think a lot of people don't spend time looking at the plus in that way. We're in a new formation time. Never would we have guessed this. 
But how wild, this is new formation time. I thought when we became from a non-internet world to an internet world, which I lived through, that was the new formation. And it was, never would I have predicted this. I mean, this is global and the plate tectonics are shifting, but plate tectonics brings up new land, That's you right. know, and, and, and not to diminish the losses, but right. to really support the pluses. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love seeing uh, positive people f- making the most of these times. And, you know, that's the resilience concepts that we talk about on the show all the time. And when you think of resilience and you think of your work in the book that you've written here, what comes to mind as you think about the concept of resilience? Two things come to mind. They're kind of opposites, but that's okay. In voice dialogue, you can go to oneself and then the opposite. One is, I can't explain it. I think that often it's something about higher power that there just is a willingness that looks different in different people. And just if you, if you have access to that, those that do, and not everyone does, it's like bigger than you. It's like, so it's just a willingness and that willingness to do X or Y or Z that's necessary is resilience. And then you can then go to other parts. And they can be anyone. Let's say you're feeling stuck. You're feeling so stuck you can't even think about another part. Well, then think of someone who you would imagine, like what would Tony Robbins do? Or what would Oprah do? And you can go to that part, like what would imagine, what would Oprah do? And that opens you up to your your own inner Oprah, for example. And so we have it. We have it, but we don't always have access to it. And that's what I love about voice dialogue. It's not not there but perhaps you have lost access to it. And voice dialogue was a way I got and still get access to these different parts that are there. And that's what I think of in answer to your question about resilience. Excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to share with Get Up Nation? We're a, a group of people, it's a global network of people who are facing down their challenges and their adversity with positivity and trying to leave profound legacies of positive impact. If people are going through something right now, what message do you have for them? I would say for if you're struggling right now, also be gentle with that part. It's okay to be struggling right now. And then think about what other aspects are available to you. And you can start really simple. Sometimes it's literally moving. I often say your feet have to go first if your heart is taking a little while to get there. And so honestly move. If in doubt, shake your hips and move and figure out what that self is. Because if you're stuck, you can't wrap your mind around the big picture. So leave the big picture, move. And and that's going to shift something and do something loving, whatever that is. And it might be pay the bill, something boring, but necessary. And it might be, let me call up my friend and just hear her voice and we can laugh a little. Could be anything, but literally move if you're stuck because often depressed people get frozen. I can't wait to share this with my network and and share this on social with people. Such a great conversation here. I want to move into the final portion of the The show. Final six. (laughs) What's that? The final six questions. Yeah, yeah. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? Yes, indeed. All right. Who are you thankful for today? Meeting you. Thank you. I'm honored by that. And 
now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for my joy. And how do you fuel the fire within you? I dance. I love dancing. I dance in the kitchen. I dance in the living room. I don't need a nightclub to dance. I love dancing. Oh, and one of my favorite songs by Chumba Wamba, I get knocked down, but I get up again. That is a great resilient song. And I honestly do. The other song is, I don't want to work. I just want to bang on my drum all day. Two old songs I recommend because you need to enliven the parts of you, especially when you're not feeling well. So dance to a song that gets your energies going. Awesome. And what's one thing that adversity has taught you to value? Don't believe everything you hear. There's more wisdom out there. You're believing something that's not the whole truth. What are you doing today? You may have never thought you could. Oh, I'm having a book launch party. (laughs) Never, never. I'm so excited. Awesome. And what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? I will be able to say I crossed my finish line that because I will have launched the book today, tomorrow, I'll be in a first eighth because that's what happens if you're lucky and you live long enough, you go, you move into a first eighth and a second eighth. Thank you for making me think of that. Excellent. All right. How can people get a copy of your book and learn about your amazing work? The final eighth, Enlist Your Inner Selves to Accomplish Your Goals, is available everywhere. So wherever they like to buy books. And I'm online. You can go to final eighth with an eight, th.com. And I'm all over social media with my name and or the final eighth. And please connect with me. I'll follow you back or email me. I'm available. And I'd love to hear from listeners. And you, you can call me too. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent.